Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Final hour of the show, show here on a Tuesday. That's what happens. You combine show and Tuesday. A shoe day. Everybody has their shoes for shoes day, right? Uh, final hour of the show on a Tuesday here, and it's also a game day with K Ray, who joins us right now. Kevin Ray of Valley Sports on the Arizona Sports Line to talk Suns Hornets tonight. K Ray, what's going on? What's happening, fellas? Just getting ready for uh, potentially a fourth straight win. Where I, I feel like royalty now. The Suns winning three in a row. It's like a, a totally different perspective on life, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed it is. And, and hey, real quickly before we talk Suns hoops, uh, if I could just interject on uh, on Dan Quinn. I know you guys were talking about him in a, in a second interview. Uh, look, I, I will say this first. I would hate to lose him uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, you know the job that he has done there is D.C. the last two seasons. But I'm going to tell you right now, that would be my number one pick if I had a few million and I was in a position of power to hire. Um, that guy is a terrific coach. His players love him. And I had a chance a couple times now over the last few years to, to talk to him. And it's a guy that I know everybody goes back to that Super Bowl loss, but it's a guy that learned a lot from that loss, uh, became very introspective, and did a lot of self-examination in his year away from the game, so that's just that's just my two cents. Like I said, I'd hate to lose him to Dallas, but man, I think that would be an A-plus pick if you're the Cardinals. Well, we were going to ask you about him because of your affiliation with the, the Cowboys, and so I'll, I'll ask you the follow-up here then. Um, how, like we were talking earlier, how differently he'd be viewed if they had won that Super Bowl, and yes, they lost the Super Bowl, but it was essentially uh, what, a quarter and a half of bad football? It doesn't change the fact that he got to the Super Bowl. How much of what Micah Parsons does could you attribute to Dan Quinn's coaching is like is there a significant percentage of that well, look, you you get a Micah Parsons, uh, and there have been numerous people and numerous old school guys, and Wolf can speak to this, who have compared Micah Parsons to a Lawrence Taylor. And the game is obviously different, but he's just an absolute freak. I mean, he he comes from another planet. Um, and yes, there's no doubt that, that Dan Quinn's defense is you know greatly aided by a player like. Like Micah Parsons, but like I say, with all that being said, I thought what really stood out to me is just how self-aware uh, Dan Quinn uh, was the first couple times that I talked to him, and, and just you know recognizing and acknowledging the mistakes that he made, uh, and, and starting with that Super Bowl, he didn't shy away from it, and probably you know more than anything, he would probably take a little more control as a head coach in a situation like that. Um, but I, I think in, in speaking to that, too, because I know that when you look at a situation where you're hiring a D.C. and, and it's all about offense because you, you look at the, the four c- 
coaches who are remaining in the conference title games, they're all, you know, offensive coaches. But but Dan Quinn had Kyle Shanahan, so he knows the importance of hiring a really good offensive coordinator. But uh, I, I think that, you know, he's not going to come in and be a miracle worker for a Cardinals defense. I don't know all the personnel situations, but like I say, his, his guys – love him and some of those guys are offensive players who love him as well he just has a great way of connecting with players he can be hard-nosed but but can still you know love him up uh or you know uh coach him up as as monty williams (laughs) tried to say call him up man i've got so many so many questions i want to ask you right now as the national radio play-by-play guy for the dallas cowboys i want to ask you but (laughs) i'm not gonna do that okay i'm gonna ask you one you're gonna get a bunch of texts Uh, okay how do you think he'd mesh just knowing the man knowing the man how do you think he's going to mesh with kyla murray well look that's that that is that's the million dollar question for whether it's dan quinn or or anybody right yeah i mean yeah but i i, I think i think it, it goes back to what i said before i i think he can be um you know he can be strong-handed but strong-handed in a way that that remains flexible you know he understands today's player is different from the guys 10 12 years ago yeah. um but i think that he would command instant respect from i mean i'd like to think that it would command instant respect from a guy like Kyler murray he doesn't have a super bowl ring but to your point lou and that, that's one of the things that, that has struck me and look this is this is not you know anything disparaging towards sean payton but Guys, he doesn't have multiple Super Bowl rings. You know, he, he's got one Super Bowl ring. He's a tremendous coach, but yeah, how much does that change if, you know, four minutes is changed right. in the Super Bowl and Dan Quinn has one and Sean Payton has one? Yeah. Who then, are you picking? Then they're viewed much, much more evenly. Um, exactly. Okay, let's get to the Suns here before we hit the break. They get Charlotte tonight. They've won three in a row. The win over Memphis on, on Sunday was especially impressive because of Chris Paul. And there's a lot of different components, but since I only have limited time here. I just want to ask you about Chris Paul and if what you saw from him on Sunday is on some level sustainable, you think, going forward. Well, you know, and, and, and that's, I guess, our second million-dollar question of this segment. Um, you, you certainly hope. Uh, we, we knew coming into the season that Suns were really going to try as best they could to, to limit Chris's minutes. Uh, it, it's come in a very different kind of way as a result of injury. But we, we have seen when Chris is fresh and, and coming off of that first injury, when he came back and got himself in top shape. That that was the Chris Paul that led this team to the finals. And um, can it be sustainable every other game? I, I, I do believe that. I don't know if it's sustainable, you know, in every single game. But, but that's why you're hoping that you can get some more healthy bodies around him and you don't have to rely so heavily upon him. Uh, and whether it's Saban Lee or, you know, Damian Lee and, and hopefully, you know, with Cameron Payne coming back sometime, hopefully in the next maybe couple weeks, three weeks, uh, that, that you'd be in a better position. Okay, do you think hypothetically that Fred Van Vliet would mesh with the Phoenix Suns? 
Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> in a heartbeat. Why I mean, that, 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 that dude, that that dude is. I mean, you you just look at at his background, his history. Undrafted, he bet on himself, and he won, and he continues to win. He is a hard nosed competitor, and he checks the boxes, which become you know number one in terms of Monty Williams and James Jones, which is do you love to hoop? <laughs> right. I mean, do you have to hoop in order to breathe? And the answers to that for for Van Vliet is absolutely yes. Okay, Ray, great stuff as always, man. We'll talk Thanks, to you again Kay. on Thursday. Bye, boys. Take care. Okay, Thanks, man. That's Kevin Ray, Bally Sports, checking in with Game Day with K. Ray right there as the Suns take on the Charlotte Hornets tonight. When we come back, back over to football. The first round comps are out there. If you knew what Will Anderson and Fletcher Cox were going to turn into, or I guess I gave away half that, what Will Anderson and Jalen <laughs> Carter were going to turn into, would you be willing to uh, to still trade that number three overall pick if you're the Cardinals? That's Who next. Knows? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, we're starting to see cops, Wolf, for the upcoming NFL draft. So this is how we're going to handle this right here. I've got uh, Matt Miller of uh, ESPN has his uh, every prospect with a first round grade plus their NFL comp. Okay, okay. got a list of them right here. That's great. We love the comps. So let's just completely overreact to this and do the um, idea that who he has as a comp is who they're actually going to turn into. Okay. All right. Just for the purposes of this conversation, yes. it almost never works out that way. Right. Of course. Uh, here, I'll give you a couple. Like I'll give you the quarterbacks for example that he has first round grades on. Okay. Okay. He has Bryce Young. He has him as his number two overall prospect in this wow, draft. Number two, okay. A lot of draft boards have him number one. Well, yeah, and he doesn't have him getting drafted second. He just has him as the second best grade. Uh, yes. Um, and he has him with, uh, he has compared to Tua Tungavillo. Tua? Really? So he has him with Tua. Man, I don't think of that when I when I look at Bryce Young. Um, also, too, it's interesting because Dave Pash, Il Bahadil, <laughs> based on his, the play-by-play man, of course, for the Arizona the voice of the Arizona Cardinals and ESPN all over the place, actually saw Bryce Young up close and personal and told me, man, he really is slight. He is slight. Well, and because of that, I kind of compare him to Randall Cunningham. Not as tall as Randall Cunningham, but that would be my comp. He's kind of whippy that way. Uh, they have C.J. Stroud, the number four overall prospect in their mind. Uh, his NFL comp is Dak Prescott. They have Will Levis, number 12 overall, Matthew Stafford. I wonder if he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Is that something we need to know about Matthew Stafford? Just so bad. It's so bad. Again, in case you didn't hear this story, Will Levis does put okay, mayonnaise so in his coffee. Okay, so the quarterbacks, you've so, got how many of them? He, he has three with a legitimate first-round grade. Now, he says he says in here, look, these this is not the order guys are going to get drafted. There, and there probably will be, what, at least four, maybe five quarterbacks gone in the first round. But he just has legitimate first-round grades. Like, for the linebacker position, he has nobody with a first round grade. Okay, so wow, that's kind of hard to believe. Uh, nobody in the country with a first round grade as a linebacker. Now you're not talking about edge, obviously. No, he's got he's got four edge rushers. 
Let's talk about Will Anderson. Okay, so Will Anderson, he has as the number one prospect in this draft. Whoa, number okay, one overall. There you go. Okay, and he's typically number one, number two. And and just play this out for a second. Let's say nobody trades anything. Chicago's going to take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at one, right? I mean, why would they not? They're not taking another quarterback, most likely. Yeah. Houston's going to take a quarterback at two. Whoever Chicago doesn't take at one is going to be there for the Cardinals at three. Now, there may be trades. Chicago may trade out of that to a team that's hungry for a quarterback. Then the Cardinals will have their pick of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. But that's basically how this is breaking out. So why, why we're focused so much on those two in particular, he has Will Anderson number one overall with his NFL comp being Vaughn Miller. Okay. Vaughn Miller. Pretty good player right there now. I would say a pretty decent player. He has Jalen Carter, number three overall, his NFL comp. If you listen to the tease carefully, we we're going to break as Fletcher Cox. Okay, sold. You Fletcher, like that one more. Fletcher Cox? Fletcher Cox has been an awesome all-pro defensive lineman as a three technique in the National Football League for years. For a long, long time. This is a guy that can impact your ability to run the ball quickly and your ability to throw the ball by getting pressure, especially on the interior of that pocket. That's what he does. Fletcher Cox. Um, a three technique is the most destructive force in the football universe. A dominant three technique, basically. That guy that lines up on the outside shoulder of an offensive guard who can rush the passer and also play the run and disrupt rushing schemes. Oh, man. The most disruptive force by far and away in the football universe is that. Isn't that right, Aaron Donald? So if they pick third and they don't take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, I'm going to be upset because I think that's going to be influenced mostly by stuff that happens at the Combine. But let's say they trade it down, okay, and, and they're looking at picking ninth or something, right? Let's okay. say they trade, okay, we're going to pick up a ninth, the ninth overall pick and maybe another first rounder next year and another second rounder this year, whatever. I mean, I would hope you get a lot if you trade out a number three. What was the, the Trey Lance trade ended up being three first round picks for the, uh, a, a first round pick swap and then two other ones. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if San Francisco I, didn't make that trade, how good they'd be right now? I know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and if you're offered anywhere close to that, you're the Arizona Cardinals? Wow. I was looking at this the other day. I believe, right, we were looking at this, and it was what happened to all those picks. And one of the picks got then traded again. But one of the picks San Francisco traded to move up ended up being used on Micah Parsons by Dallas. <laughs> Can you imagine if San Francisco had Micah Parsons right now? It wouldn't even play out these last few games. Yeah, that would be brutal. I, it's it's funny because Will Anderson was my slam dunk. He was a guy I was like, I'm, I, I'll take Will Anderson and walk away. The more and more I read on Jalen Carter and the more and more I see of this kid, um, man, I'm starting to wobble on that. I really am because I know what a three technique can do. If you tell me he's going to be Fletcher Cox, see, once again, it goes back to that. If you tell me he's going to have the kind of career that Fletcher Cox has had, he's going to have the the kind of production that Fletcher Cox has had in the NFL. Oh, man, I'll take that all day right now. So if I said to you, okay, these guys are getting drafted into the league and you know what their career is, you could have Fletcher Cox or Von Miller. You're taking Fletcher Cox I'm over taking, Von Miller. I'm, I am. I'm taking Fletcher Cox because of his ability to impact not only the passing attack, but also the run with a destructive three technique. Well, 
for what it's worth, they don't have any other defensive linemen with first-round grades. They have a few other edge rushers, though. So if the Cardinals did trade down and they were picking ninth or whatever, here's the other names that are out there. Miles Murphy out of Clemson. They compare him to Bradley Chubb. That's a decent player. Uh, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. They have as Frank Clark and Lucas Von Ness out of Iowa. They have as George Karloftis, who was just a rookie. That's wow. <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough comparison. You get compared to a guy that has only played for seventeen games. Yeah. What about the kid of out of Clemson, Brian Bressy? What about that kid? I, is it is it Bressy? Bressy. They, Bressy. they don't have him on here. I don't. They think. don't have him on there. Not as a first round grade. I mean, he might go in the first round. Wow. I, um, I I don't understand that. I don't. There's a lot of scouts that look at him, and he's in the top ten in a lot of the draft boards I see. Well, and, and the other thing I would say with this is they don't have like 32 players graded out as first round grades. It is clearly they have a cutoff for what a first round grade is, and if it, there could have been four guys on this list. Wow. So uh, there's there's a few quarterbacks. There's a lot of players on offense. There's a lot of off- uh, offensive linemen later on, but yeah, I don't I don't see him. I, the only Clemson player I see. On this entire list is uh, is at edge rusher, and that's Miles Murphy, who they had as Bradley Chubb. Okay. Here's the other question with this. If you know it's going to be Fletcher Cox or Will Anderson, if I could just magically tell you that Will Anderson's going to turn into Von Miller and and Jalen Carter return to Fletcher Cox, would you be more or less willing to trade the number three overall pick if some quarterback <laughs> starve team comes up to you? That is that is a great question right now. I, I don't know, man. I I get it. You're talking about three first round. You're, they're not going to get three first round picks. No, because San Francisco already has a quarterback. So two not and do some it other. Yeah, I, I just don't see that happening right now. Um, when I think of bringing in a defensive-minded head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, and I, I, I want Fletcher Cox. I want Fletcher Cox because I want him in front of Zayvon Collins. That's what I want him in front of Isaiah Simmons because I'm going to go ahead. This is just me. I'm going to take Isaiah Simmons if I'm Dan Quinn, if I'm Brian Flores, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, Vance Jones, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Fletcher Cox, and I'm going to stick him in front of Isaiah Simmons. And I'm going to tell Isaiah Simmons, you're going to be the weak side inside linebacker. This is where you're going to float or not. What are you going to do about it? I like the idea, the more we talk about this, of just building a ridiculous defense. And if Kyler Murray gets it, he gets it, and then you're going to be a really tough team to beat in a year or two. And if he doesn't, you could still win games with your defense, and then maybe you have to find a different answer at quarterback in a year or two. Whatever. That's that's too far down the line to really play out. But regardless of, of which one they take, if you're telling me that you're going to have a defensive head coach in here, and a good one, and then you're going to have either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter with presumably Zach Allen and Zayvon Collins and Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons. Like you can see how this defense could get quickly get really good in a hurry. Yes. Like you really could see how they could quickly turn that corner. Man, I I would do that is juicy right there. It is. Jalen Carter, okay, you line up as a three technique. Go ahead and protect Zayvon Collins. Let him run. Protect Isaiah Simmons. Let him run. I again, that's just assuming that the next guy that comes in here says, Isaiah, uh, this is where you're playing. Learn this position right here. 
it, there's so much unknown, though, because in years past, I know Cardinals fans would be like, oh, we're going to miss on the pick. Right now, it feels like if you pick Carter or Will Anderson, there's never a sure thing. But it feels like you can't go wrong with either of those guys. If you trade down and it's like, hey, we got two firsts and two seconds, you get more chances, obviously. But it just feels like those two in particular, like if you're going to trade down, you better really trust your, your scouting department. That's yes, what I would say. Correct. Which I would assume they're going to. Yes. I would imagine, though, with Monty Ford and his background with the New England Patriots, oh, they like, like 15 trade years, down. they like to trade. They like down. to trade down. Get, get ready for it, my brothers. Trade down and then trade those picks for more picks, too, and turn your one into like 17. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What is the future of Tom Brady? We'll take you through the latest news around the NFL. Uh, spoiler alert, Tom Brady doesn't want to talk about it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Start with Brady. Get Brady out of the way, Wolf. We got other stuff we want to talk about, but I feel like we really want to start on that. Tom Brady. We teased Brady, and then I immediately felt like that was a mistake. But I feel like because now we are like obligated to talk about it. The disappointment level of Tom Brady and what is going on with Tom Brady and Brett Favre. It's annoying to me. Well, here's Tom Brady on his own podcast, okay? This is the Let's Go podcast. This is uh, Brady when asked about his future. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, You said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to f***ing do, I'd have already f***ing done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. (laughs) You're scratching. It's only the question that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. It it doesn't feel like you appreciate him asking. It feels like you're upset by his scratchiness. It was such a good way to frame the question, right? That's his co-host. That would be Uh, like if I just went off on you one day. Like, how you doing today? I, you know what? I went off on this earlier. The first time that I heard it, uh, I'm not going to do that here, based on earnings. I'm not. I, I just, I have so much respect and admiration for Tom Brady. I, I don't want to see him go out like Brett Favre. I don't. Brett Favre. We used to have a totem pole in the backyard at the compound of Brett Favre. We had to chip that thing down, chop it down, and burn it. The way he left the game. It's just Brett. Walk away. Brady's not there yet. Walk away. He's not playing for the Jets and the Vikings and all these. Although he might play for the Jets next year. Hey, listen, um, Tom, you've had the most storied career of any human being playing the quarterback position in the NFL. I love the guy. I just want to see him walk away when he's done. And just looking at tape of this year, and especially the last game he played in, I'm just 
saying. Well, it, it, he just said if if he if he knew what he was going to do, he would tell you, Wolf. That's uh, that that was the one thing I got out of that, and that that had to be an awkward rest of the podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> like that, that, that's not a twenty nine second podcast. That's like a full podcast they do every week. Maybe he left that question for the end. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Go out with a bang. Yeah, well, that was smart then. Uh, over to the Chiefs and their situation with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes said this yesterday. It feels better. I mean, it feels better, better than I thought it was going to be now. Um, obviously, I have a lot of adrenaline going right now, so we'll see how it feels. But uh, I'll hop right into treatment today, tonight and uh, try to do whatever I can to be uh, as close to 100% uh, by next week. But luckily for us, we played the early game on Saturday, so we get an extra almost half a day that I can let that ankle rest. And then more from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm not coming out of a playoff game unless they take me out. And so uh, I'm just going to play. I, I love this, this sport too much. I love this game. Uh, I love playing with my teammates and being able to go out there and, and enjoy it together. And, we're, and we were, we prepare all year to be in the playoffs and to play in these games. And um, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to get back in the game. We might have to put Mahomes on that list of if I just played the cut and didn't tell you who it was, you yeah. would know who was talking. He's yeah. up there with uh, Marcus Golden, Sean McVay, DeAndre Ayton. If I just play a cut from one of them, I don't even need to tell you who it is because their voice or the way they talk is so yeah. distinctive. He, he's the only guy maybe on the planet that needs to clear his throat more than me. <laughs> just I, saying. Tony Romo in some of these games, oh, like yeah. the fourth quarter. It's like Tony here, just like a lozenge, man. Like that's all it takes. Do you guys see him eating on air? Who, Mahomes or Romo? Romo. He was just, they, they went to a shot of him and Nance in the booth, and he was just munching on something. Oh, maybe okay, it was a cough I, drop. No, I missed that right there. <laughs> it wasn't a powdered donut or anything, right? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you uh, don't have one, do you? No. They got nothing out right there. Now, a little powdered donut sounds good. You would never eat a donut. I okay. can tell you, in a year and a half of doing the show with, with Wolf, <laughs> I've never once seen Wolf eat a donut. In fact, I've only ever seen you eat straight hot sauce. Just walk in with a bag of salt and vinegar. Chips and get out of my way, though. <laughs> so I'll run you over on that. Uh, how about this? This is Mike Reese talking about Bill O'Brien as uh, the next Patriots offensive coordinator. It's possible because when you look at Bill O'Brien's track record in Houston as a head coach, they had four division titles down there and some of their greatest success as a franchise. The one point I would make on that is they've had some other movement on their staff uh, this offseason with a, a rising assistant, Gerard Mayo, the former linebacker for them, who is going to get an elevated title. And Gerard Mayo could easily be in that conversation key as a potential successor down the line in addition to someone like Bill O'Brien. Yeah, so in part of the way that, that question was phrased, Bill, Bill O'Brien's there. He's going to be the offensive coordinator. Does this put him in line to eventually replace Bill Belichick? I was surprised when the, when the Cardinals played the Patriots and even just talking to sports fans from Boston, how many of them are like, yeah, Belichick's probably, you know, maybe close to being done. I, I, the guy won how many Super Bowls for you? I think he probably gets to pick when he's done. Yeah. Not like he's a bad coach all of a sudden. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I wonder if Bill O'Brien and, of course, um, Bill Belichick were in conversation, of course, with Nick Saban down in Alabama. <laughs> Those guys communicate an awful lot as to what is going on. And maybe Bill O'Brien was done with college football. Maybe he was done with that. Maybe he wanted to go back. And maybe that's why, eventually, 
You had Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator. That's why you had year. a defensive coordinator as your offensive coordinator. Exactly. You were keeping the seat warm with a guy you knew was a good coach in Matt Patricia. But maybe you were keeping the seat warm for Bill O'Brien because you knew he was done being a college. Well, that raises all sorts of questions then with Mac Jones. Was he a mess last year because he had a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator? Or... Do they have to look elsewhere for a quarterback now? I was shocked that Mac Jones took a step back the way he did in his second season. Now, I I understand the sophomore slump, it's out there. I just didn't think Mac Jones was going to be that guy who took that step back. He played so well, in my opinion. His rookie year for a rookie? He played so well for the Patriots. And then he took that noticeable step back. Is it a coincidence with Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator? I don't think so. Hi, we are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57, and Bud Light FanDuel and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. So text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name starting February 6th. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. We come back. If you could ask each Cardinals coaching candidate just one question, what would it be? And we're not going to do all of them, but we're going to do some of the top ones. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Set this up. What you got? First one being the most disturbing. Did you know they make birthday cake flavored Kit Kats now? What? I just I just saw it on TV. No, got to be true. Everything Kit on Kats. TV. Is true. Birthday flavored I, Kit Kat. I don't like Kit Kat. What? Everybody I, loves I, a good I, Kit no, Kat. No, I don't. Oh well, wow. look at it, it's all flaky. Oh, because you only like salt. Yeah. You well, would just eat a bag of salt. Yeah. Not only that, too. It's just it's flaky. You know, uh, like you you bite it and stuff kind of comes out. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. This little is, little chips of that cracker, whatever's in it. It's a wafer. I don't. I, okay, a wafer. It's not a cracker. I don't like the wafer. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, either way, I'm not sure how I feel about birthday cake uh, flavored Kit Kats. The second thing, though, is this is the list. If you if your head's starting to spin, and it easily could be of like, okay, you've heard a million names potentially linked to the Cardinals, and then every, you know, anytime we read the Vegas odds of oh, this team might uh, or this coach might be linked to the Cardinals. Here's the actual names. There's eight of them that have been linked to the Cardinals realistically. Six of them have already interviewed with the Cardinals, and one of the other two is going to on Thursday. So here's the names. you got Brian Flores, Dan Quinn, Vance Joseph, Frank Reich, Ajiro Evero, Aaron Glenn. Those guys have already interviewed. Sean Payton's going to interview on Thursday. D'Amico Ryan's, if they are serious about him, they can't do that until at least next Monday now because NFL rules, since he's still coaching in a game this weekend, he can't interview this week. That starts this week for whatever reason. Yeah. So uh, you have those eight names, Wolf. I'm just going to say, let's, let's just play it this way. You can pick whichever one of those guys walks into the room. 
Cardinals are conducting the interview, but Wolf gets to sit in and Wolf gets to ask his one Wolf question. It's like when they let a kid go up and read the name at the yeah. at the draft. Man. Before we do our interview, Wolf gets to ask his Wolf question. So which which candidate do you want to walk in and then what's your question? Okay, let's let's start with the latest, the guy that is suddenly all abuzz, Dan Quinn. The guy who's gonna be here tonight for yes. a second interview. Yes, okay, Dan Quinn. Let's start there. My question to Dan Quinn would have to be, is there a drum roll? Do we have any sound whatsoever? No, don't worry about it. Yeah, Thank you. I appreciate it. That, 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 ding! What makes you think you're the guy to get Kyler Murray right, Dan? Are you going to say it like I that? I would say it with the Dan hey, at the end of Dan. it. <laughs> like, okay, well, if your question's over, you're making the candidates feel nervous. I, I honestly, right now, Dan, you're you're a defensive-minded head coach, and you've never coached a quarterback like Kyler Murray. You've never coached a quarterback with the skill set of a Kyler Murray. What makes you think you're the guy to get Kyler Murray right? Dan. Dan. <laughs> what would be yours so, for Dan Quinn? I'm going to add something to mind after we talk to Kay Ray, who does play-by-play for the Cowboys, so he's pretty familiar with uh, with Dan Quinn. Well, he was all on board with Dan Quinn. Everybody who's been around Dan Quinn is very on board with Dan Quinn. You're right. He, I think tomorrow we're going to put together like a montage of some of the stuff people say about Dan Quinn because he's kind of the late arriver to this race for yeah. the Cardinals specifically. Yeah. But he is one of the guys that has a lot of good buzz around him around the world of football. Yes. My question to him would be, what can you get out of Isaiah Simmons? It wouldn't even be a, he's the one guy on this list I wouldn't even ask a question about. That's not true. My first question wouldn't be about Kyler Murray. All of these guys, most of the interview would be about Kyler, but for the purposes of this game we're playing, you can only ask one. What can you do with Isaiah Simmons? How would you use him? How close can you get him? Not to being Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons is the best defender in the NFL. Even if Nick Bosa wins Defensive Player of the Year, I think Parsons is the best. But how close can you get him to being a game-changer on defense the way Micah Parsons is? Can Consistently, Not three times a year where he swings a game, but then four other games you don't really know that he's out there. Yeah, that's a great question. It really is. My other twist to this, though, after talking to K-Ray would be, who do you like as an OC? Because he said Dan Quinn is somebody who, yeah, he'll come in and he'll be a defensive monster, sure. but he's not afraid to look and bring it. I mean, could you bring in a Frank Reich as an offensive coordinator with Dan Quinn? <laughs> I see where you're going with you're that gonna right need now. One. You're going to need one. Yeah. Um, Dan Quinn would have to do that. The Isaiah, the Isaiah Simmons question, yeah. That's the other thing that is fascinating to me about all these defensive coaches that the Arizona Colonels are talking to. Because because you've got two guys in particular, Isaiah Simmons, of course, and Zayvon Collins, that you want to continue to develop and bring along. You've got Marco Wilson, who I think is developing as well into a very good corner. He's not there yet. He's got to continue to get more and more consistent. But the raw athleticism that he has out there bodes well for him and his development going forward. I like that. So, yeah, I... Isaiah Simmons, that's a great question, but I'm still going to stick to what makes you think you're the guy to get Kyler Murray right when you're a defensive coach.
All right, let's say Brian Flores walks through that door. What are you, what are you talking to Brian Flores about first? Okay, um, you, it's going to be uncomfortable. I think you and I have the same question for Brian Flores. It's going to be a little uncomfortable because we're going to cut to the quick on this. I think Brian Flores is okay with making people uncomfortable. <laughs> he is, and this is one of the reasons why I love Brian. This is one of the reasons why the more and more I hear about Brian, Brian Flores, especially when I brought my brother on yesterday, yeah. and he was talking about Brian Flores being an old school guy, uh, being a guy that uh, was mentoring under Mike Tomlin. I've, I've got I've got some of that right here. If you want that, fire that off. You ready? You're going to allow yourself to be interrupted by your own brother? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Here's Craig Wolfley on our show yesterday. Every now and then, your your wire goes up when you meet somebody, and it kind of there's this little crackle of uh, electricity that kind of goes slow. And I'll never forget <laughs> the first time I watched Mike Tomlin walk into the press conference room, being introduced as the next head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, all I could think of was I watched him, but before he even said a word, I went just looking at him. I went somehow that dude has got charisma. I don't know how you judge it. I don't know how it comes off. You know it when you see it. And it's really, really wild, you know what I mean? Because you, you're around, I was around Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, all these guys and everything. And Chuck had it, built to a degree. But, you know, Mike really stepped out and it was, it was interesting. And you get a little bit of that sizzle when you talk to Brian Flores. There's something about the guy. He seems to be, in my most humble opinion, in a limited, uh, you know, in limited uh, being around him. Every time I've come across Awesome. It's been a positive experience, but he's just got that sort of, I don't know, the essence about him that says, I can do this. You know, he's, he's got that big dog leader in him. Dude, I like that so much. Who is that guy? Okay, look. Dude. Brian, totally. Brian Flores, how can you get Kyler Murray right when you struggled to get Tua right? How, how can you get Kyler Murray right when you struggled to get Tua right? You're not going to say Brian. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm going <laughs> totally. to leave that. I'm going to leave that open ended and let Brian fill it in. Ooh, that's kind of an aggressive question, isn't it? A little passive aggressive. How can you get Kyler right when you struggle to get to it right? But I think it's really the only question with Brian Flores is you start to stack these guys up, right? Yeah. And you try and figure out if it's not Sean Payton, who could it be that's that's close to Sean Payton? I think Flores maybe has the most upside. Dan Quinn has made this interesting as far as upside. But for Flores, I'm with you. It would be, look, what went wrong with Tua? And how do we know that won't go wrong with Kyler? Okay, we only have 30 seconds left. So, Sean Payton, what kind of offense do you envision with Kyler Murray as your quarterback? I said it, Sean. I want to hear it. What kind of offense do you envision? Luke? <laughs> we actually have an extra minute. We told you the wrong outside. Oh, no, stop yeah, it. So now we can you, Okay, you, you can All pontificate right, on that for okay. another 40 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the question. And the thing with Sean what? Payton. What? Yes, it's now. It's Yeah, it's a minute later. Okay. Uh, Sean Payton is, you're going to ask that question on Thursday. They're going to ask that, right? There's no way you conduct an interview with Sean you Payton. Have don't to. ask it. So to me, in that moment, that was a success. Because either you're going to hire Sean Payton, and I think we would all consider that a success. Or you're going to get that answer from Sean Payton. And then you're going to turn around and hire Dan Quinn or Brian Flores yes. or whoever. Yes. So if I tell you I'm hiring Dan Quinn and Frank Reich is my offensive coordinator, but I know what Sean Payton would do with Kyler Murray, doesn't that put me a, way ahead of where I was a week ago? Yes, it does.
But for me, I'd want to know that, right? You, yes, definitely. I, that's at the center of, of all of this. Exactly right. I I think that is the one thing about Sean Payton that is different than so many other, except for Frank Reich. What are you going to do? What kind of offense are you going to put him in? How is it going to be different schematically? Sean. All right, now we're out of time. Thanks, Darren Maloney, uh, Jesse Morris, and Lauren Koval behind the glass today for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gabo next, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.